Welcome to the podcast series on sexual health for seniors with Dr. Sue and Fran Carl. This podcast series is based on conversations with seniors about sexual health, sexual desire and related matters. In this session, we will be discussing James. Welcome, Fran. Thank you, Dr. Sue. When I started reading James's story, and I have to say, despite reaching 60 a few years ago, I haven't been considering myself a senior. And after reading about James, I realised I could relate a lot to James's perspective about the emotional connection that we raised in the previous podcast. And in my case, it's a prerequisite for me entering into a successful sexual relationship. I'd never thought about it that way before. Mm. And in reading about James's story and your treatment of, of James's story and, you know, an analysis of what he was experiencing, it gave me a, a big personal re- realisation and I'm very grateful for that, Dr. Sue, very mm. grateful. Okay, we might talk a bit more about that after James's story. Yes. So just to give a bit of background to the podcast series, sexual desire in older age was a topic that I researched with the Queensland University of Technology some years ago. At the time, people who knew what I was researching advised me that older people wouldn't talk to me about sexuality, let alone their own experiences of sexual desire. I disagreed with them at the time and would still disagree with them today, particularly since my experience of speaking with some older people about the topic has shown otherwise, and that's what led to the collection of real-life narratives that form this podcast series. This session's narrative is about sexual desire from an older person's perspective, and our focus this week is on James. James was a tall, well-built man with thin grey hair. He was 68 when first interviewed and 71 by the time of his final interview. James had a quiet, dignified demeanour and an aura of strength and capability. He had been twice divorced. He married for the first time when he was in his early 20s. The marriage produced children and ended after James arrived home unexpectedly one day to find his wife in bed with another woman. I was completely shocked. I had no idea. Divorce quickly followed. James married again some years later, but that marriage also ended. Prior to my second divorce, sex was fairly rare, once a month or something like that. She wasn't all that interested. She was tired most of the time. I would like to make love two or three times a week. I think sexual activity has to go with a good relationship. Be part of a relationship, not the main part, but to be there when two parties would like to be sexually active. James had surprised his wife by finding her on the floor of their house having sex with another man. They were on the floor having sex. This was my second wife. And they were laughing and saying, I love you, I love you. I was blindsided, completely shocked. James continued to experience flashbacks of that scene for a long time after the event. Since the end of his second marriage, James had been actively searching for a female companion with whom he hoped to develop a loving sexual relationship. I hope that sex is going to resume in the foreseeable future. I haven't had sex for a long time, but I still think about it. It would be more of a desire than anything else. If you were with somebody and you felt close, you would want to take it further if you felt that way with anybody. I enjoy sex. It is part of living, but only a part of it. Physically, I don't feel old when I look at myself and what I'm doing. I've hit the big 7-0 now, but I don't feel old. James expressed his feelings about having a sexual relationship. It's a solace. A physical relationship more than kissing and cuddling and that type of thing. Maybe kissing and cuddling can arouse your sexual desires, but it's not sexual. Other forms of sexual expression, such as masturbation, were not favoured and had previously been constrained by circumstance. I might have masturbated a bit as a teenager, but having an older brother in the top bunk didn't help. Besides, I don't think masturbation gives you any satisfaction. James wanted someone with whom he could share his life. I find it difficult. I find it boring at times, sitting watching TV. I'm looking at different areas. I'm thinking about getting into more social activities to meet more people. And I'm also looking on a website on the internet to try and meet other people. 
When I get bored, I go to bed. I hope that sex is going to resume in the foreseeable future. By the time of the final interview, James had connected with a lady through an internet dating service. He appeared robust and relaxed and was keen to discuss his changed situation, although it was not all smooth sailing. The relationship is going well. I met the lady a few months ago. She lives a fair distance away, but we've done a little bit of travelling around, wine tours, and we get on pretty well. The sexual relationship's okay, but I'm a little concerned about my premature ejaculation problem. I have had it the whole time. Maybe it's just been too long. A sexual relationship with anybody before I met her, that's too long. It's two to five minutes now, which I don't think is right for her. James' sexual ethics involved concern that the other person was not sexually satisfied rather than being glad that he was now in a sexual relationship. As you get a little older, you need more than just sexual desire. You need the closeness of somebody. You're probably just mature. You realise in yourself that there is a lot more to a relationship than sex. I'd rather that person feel the same as I do. It's great when it happens. James considered the impact of health problems on sexual desire. He believed that the presence of health problems would displace thoughts about sex. I'm starting to forget things. I try to read a lot. Physically, I don't feel old when I look at myself and what I'm doing. If I was unhealthy and had other health problems, you'd probably think about your health more. If I had, say, cardiac problems or general health problems, I wouldn't consider a sexual relationship worth thinking about. But at the moment, I'm in good health physically. I still enjoy sexual experience. I'm glad that I'm still physically active at the age of 71, enjoying life. It's a very important part of enjoying life. When I had no relationships, I wasn't enjoying life. I was bored. I was getting overweight. I was becoming unhealthy. Because of a good relationship, I'm more interested in getting fit again, and I exercise every day now. For James to experience sexual desire, it was necessary for him to develop a close and companionable relationship. Casual sex would never be satisfying for James because sexual fulfilment required emotional connection with another person. Physical contact was very important, but an emotional and intellectual connection was also required for sexual desire to be stimulated. James had experienced several traumatic events surrounding his sexual life, including betrayal, disappointment and loss of self-esteem when his first wife left him for another woman. Despite this, James had entered into a new relationship and was hopeful of maintaining a close and loving sexual relationship. You're with Dr. Sue and Fran, and we're talking about sexual desire in older age and more specifically about James. So Fran, what do you think about James's narrative and the implications there? As I said to you earlier, Sue, it was a bit confronting when I rolled my mind around what men are looking for in a relationship. And as I said previously, it is dangerous to generalise that all men want this and all women want that. And I suppose in my mind I'm still struggling with not generalising and James seemed to be running counter to the norm, that it was important for him to have Mm. an intellectual and an emotional connection to make the sexual relationship better. Yes. And that doesn't stand out as the norm. As the I stereotype. Said. The stereotype, yes. doesn't, it doesn't fit it, does it? No. And is that fair? Absolutely not. No, no. Absolutely not. I think there is the assumption that men want sex at any cost and I think certainly through the research that I did I found that wasn't the case at all. And in some cases, uh, in stories that we'll have coming ahead, we'll see that there are a lot of times where women were demanding sex where the man wasn't able to perform. Right. And in some cases that was very sad for the older man as well. Mm. So, mm. yes, I think you're right. James does sit out outside of the stereotype Mm. in wanting that emotional connection. Although, again, these are only a few stories and as you know, we keep saying, (laughs) and I think it's important for us to keep saying, but Mm. wouldn't it be great if we could have the audience, our listeners, (laughs) start thinking about the stereotypes and how closely 
Mm. A stereotype is in itself an an idealised sort of framework. So, yeah, I think that would be a really interesting thing as to what is normal. And the other thing I think about, yeah, what is normal, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think we can stereotype people into one or the other, definitely not. But the other thing with James, he identified that he would definitely prioritise health over sexual engagement. And I think that's probably true of a lot of people. I do. In one story that I collected, there was a husband and wife and his wife was dependent on oxygen on a CPAP machine and quite frail. But they still engaged in, not intercourse, but they still engaged in sexual activity activity, yeah, yeah. And, um, and enjoyed that as a couple. And I think ill health doesn't necessarily preclude sexual no. activity or intimacy, no. but I think you do definitely prioritise your health over that. It becomes more important. If you've got a health issue, I can understand what James was saying, I guess I'm saying, yes. in that if he had significant health issues, he wouldn't even consider thinking about sex. No, no. Mm. I just had a thought while you were discussing that, Sue, is that are we then saying that as a younger person, ill health doesn't come into the equation <laughs> as often? No, I don't think it does. <laughs> <laughs> and so then is because that's not interfering with, yeah. I mean, I'm being a bit frivolous, I guess, but in terms of as we are ageing, ill health or less than robust health, let's put it that way, interferes with the capacity to be able to wholeheartedly engage yeah. in, in sexual appetites, that's can we say? right. Well, yeah. it does if you're only thinking like intercourse. Yes, but, but penetrative sex. But yes. if you're thinking outside the box a little bit, and as with the other couple that we'll talk about in a later podcast, yeah, yeah. you know, despite considerable ill health, they were able to maintain that intimate sexual relationship. Mm. And I think it's a matter of being more creative when you're older, having to think about, well, I can't do this. What can I do? What are within my limits? Yeah. And what can we achieve as a team here? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Team. Team foreplay. (laughs) I like that idea. (laughs) Yeah. So I think that, yeah, that that will come through in some of the stories Mm. as well. Mm. Yeah. So thank you. So you've been listening to Dr. Sue and Fran Carl. And we've been talking about sexual desire in older age. The focus this week was on James. We will continue with our series on sexual health for seniors in our next podcast. Thank you, Fran. Thank you, Dr. Sue.